Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and investor in professional wrestling fan. Sometimes you just got to go. Speed kills. I've been talking about that. I was sitting here up last night. I was sitting here this morning after my run, just trying to format this show and make sure I had all the topics in order. And you know what? If you know me by now, I have structure to me, but I also fly by the seat of my pants. I'm a little hybrid of both. And I don't want to overthink it, so I just want to go and deliver the best content and the best episode that I possibly can so you all can get that, enjoy it, and hopefully always you learn something. That is my main goal when I do all of these episodes is that you as a listener can take one piece of information and apply that to your plan, then we're in good shape. That's what it's all about. It's not me telling you what to do. That's silly, right? I'm back into the hobby recently trying to figure this out. I might be pushing really, really hard because I am a ambitious dude that's really obsessed with getting better in the hobby and delivering you good content, but you all have your plans. So that's what this is all about. And I'm so fired up for another episode. I've been so thankful for this community that has been developing around stacking slabs from the direct messages to the comments to the interactions like really it is incredible and i am just so thankful every week to see numbers go up relationships get built advice shared and that is what it's all about and i am diligently thinking about the next stages of stacking slabs and what what we can be doing to build something that's important and i'm being very thoughtful of that Every day, but everyone here, you're going to be along for the ride. If you know me by now, I'm a straight shooter, very transparent. So can't wait to share more as those thoughts come. But let's jump into this episode, baby. One big thing as I go, 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 and I'm moving really fast and I'm buying and selling and transacting, like the one thing that I've come to the realization of over the last several weeks is you know what? You got to just sometimes. I talk a lot about being on offense and getting in front of things, being proactive, doing the work. Sometimes you just got to stop, take a step back, and smell the hobby roses. Let the hobby come to you. Ease up on the offense. You're up a little bit, right? You might have uh, sold some cards. You might have a a loaded freaking PayPal. God, don't we all love that? Um, But instead of just going and spending all that money, aimlessly, you just take a step back. You let it come to you. You realize what this is all about and what your place is in the hobby. And I think I've had that moment of realization recently. I've been, whether it's just this crazy content cycle I've been on and also just applying what I'm talking about on these episodes to sports cards, I've been going so hard that I just realized, you know what? Stop, take a step back and do what is making you happy. And I think what's making me happy is selling cards and interacting. But I think 
The thing that makes me the most happy is me asking the question of why am I doing all of these things? And ultimately, I'm doing all of these things to move up the ladder and get cards that are special to me. And it's those cards that when they come in the mail, it's a moment and you open it and then it's you're very, very proud and you've got that peace with you that you're going to cherish um, for a very, very long time. And so I think that is one of the things that I've been trying to do recently is just enjoy, like be in the moment. I think a perfect example of that is um, was on Sunday, right? When, um, you know, I, I talked about this on some of the videos I put out this week, but just, you know, tough when I, when I watched the Colts lose week one, um, I got a chance to watch Kyler and just had a blast, right? He won a game he probably shouldn't have. And I just enjoyed that moment, enjoyed that moment of sports and enjoyed that moment of cards that I had and attaching myself to it. So that is a recommendation that I would just share to everyone. Like, you know, you're, there's there's this element of buying cards, trying to slab them, maybe buying slab cards, anticipating. And those are all good things. I talk about that a lot on the show. But always make sure that you're not just doing a bunch of stuff without intention. and if you do get to that mountaintop moment where you're you sold a bunch of cards and then finally you're able to load up your PayPal and buy that card you've been waiting on forever, like enjoy that moment. Let it sink in and cherish it because that is really what is all about, baby. You know, I couldn't have an episode here without talking about my man, Peyton Manning. And yes, eligible for the Hall of Fame. You think he gets in in the first ballot? I think so. Probably not a bigger layup than that. And I will tell you, if the world is clear at that point, I will be at Canton probably with a tear in my eye cheering for number 18 because of all of the unbelievable moments he gave me as a Colts fan for so many years. And yes, they are unbelievable moments. And I do cherish the relationship that I have as a fan with Peyton Manning. Um, It is something that's super special. He is my favorite sports athlete of all time. I I can't really believe, you know, when you watch someone, I know there's other legends out there, right? Jordan, Kobe, Brady, um, the list goes on. But like when you are a fan of those players and you live in the city that they're playing in and you actually get a chance to go walk in every week and watch them perform, it it comes really natural. It like just becomes really natural to you as the fan. You just, it becomes normal, like ridiculous passes, like five touchdown games, like that becomes the routine thing. And so when it's happening, you don't really take a step back and think about how ridiculous it is until it's gone. And I think over the you know last several years, Peyton Manning's legacy and his play in Indianapolis has become um, even more special to me. And I found myself going back and watching old games. And I think that's the fun part, right? Then it's what what can I do to align and connect my fandom of Peyton Manning to the hobby? And right when I started coming back into the hobby, and if you're an early listener of Stacking Slabs, you probably remember this. I was buying a lot of Peyton Manning and I couldn't explain why are why is he so cheap right now? Um, I think since that moment, the market has caught up a little bit, and I am certainly back in the Peyton Manning game because I want to buy cards of players that mean something to me, 
and that are special. Like I'd much rather save up and buy an awesome Peyton Manning card than buy like 10 NBA prospects and hope that two of them hit. That is a game that, you know, I'll play, but I'm less focused on that right now because it doesn't mean as much as to me as hunting those Peyton Manning cards. And I think that's, that's super fun. Um, and it's been fun because getting back into it, my brother's been buying Peyton Manning cards and just talking about what we're coming up against. And I really view like, it's not going to reach the level of Jordan, right? Jordan is Jordan, but like, there's a lot of parallels with uh, Peyton, his cards, inserts and things. And just, there's not enough Manning collectors out there like the Jordan collectors talking about it. And I definitely see an opportunity, especially coming up on Canton, for there to be a lot more interest in number 18. Um, And so I am, as a fan of Peyton, I am trying to capitalize on that, not just for the money component. That's part of it, but more for these are the cards I want to keep for a long, long time. And so I am back in the Peyton Manning game. And I, you know what? I treated myself. I did. And you know why I treated myself? Because I'm working hard, right? I'm selling cards. I talk about my week one football sales on Instagram. And I, I've talked about just offloading some of these base cards. And what are you going to do with those that money? I'll tell you what. I was super patient. And I was trying to build up my PayPal. And I was like, I want some Peyton Manning money cards. And so as I record this episode, I had a best offer. I had an offer accepted on just a freaking awesome card. And this is in my collecting of Peyton. Yes, of course, I'm aiming for the rookies, but what I, he, he had such a legendary career that I am trying to catalog Peyton Manning cards and purchases by moments in time that happened throughout his career. So that's my strategy, right? I want to dig into each year because each of those years matter to me as a fan. Maybe not so much the Denver stuff. Of course, um, I'm, I was so happy for him to end out on top, but just that's, I felt like an outsider looking in where I was cheering for Peyton, but he wasn't on my squad. So it's going to be more focused on the Indianapolis journey. And that's what I've decided. And that's a really fun pursuit for me in the hobby, but I treated myself and everybody, I got just a freaking awesome card. I will post this card when it comes on Instagram, just so you can also see this beauty. But I bought a 1998 Tops autograph bronze foil BGS 9.5. The auto's a nine. I don't know why. It, it looks pretty good, but I I bought this card because I just I did not have a Peyton Manning autographed card. And this card is so money. It is he's getting drafted. It's that he's like kind of grabbing his jersey at the podium type thing. And I had to have it. It was like the start. When, as I'm getting even more serious, and I've got great Manning inserts slabbed up. I've got his Bowman rookies. I've got a bunch of uh, rookies that are uh, in grading right now. Black Diamond, uh, Bowman, um, some some really fun stuff. And I I was like, you know what? I, this is just a card. This is like the start of his career, and this is the start of my serious journey with Peyton Manning card collecting. And so it it was symbolic in a way, but again, it was one of those things where I, I just needed to treat myself. So there's that. Find your guy, attach yourself with that guy that means so much to you. And I promise you, if you're doing more of that and less of the 
the transactional stuff, you'll probably have more fun in the hobby. At least I am. What I'll tell you, and I've connected these two guys and I've correlated these two players, and that's Peyton Manning and Giannis. And I'll tell you this about Giannis. So he's been getting so much heat, and that's just the nature of the reaction, react, uh, reactive market. People want to talk about how, you know, he's not good enough to win, you know, playoff series. He doesn't have a title, this and that. Like, I heard this so much as a Peyton Manning fan when we were struggling for so long. And so to win the Super Bowl, to get to that moment. So here's some parallels here. So I've talked about it, but I want to dig in a little further. So it took Peyton nine seasons before he got his first Super Bowl. That's a lot. That was painful for us as a fan because when you reach that nine season point, you're like, is this ever going to happen? He had two MVPs before his first Super Bowl. Does that sound familiar to Giannis? Um, and he, it took him a while because he was putting the whole team on his back every year. Yes, he had Edrin, who Edrin, little do people know, Edrin was not a part of the Super Bowl team. He left. He left in that 2005 team that lost to Pittsburgh, who was the probably the best pound-for-pound pound Colts team um, we've ever had the year Peyton threw for 49 touchdowns. Edrin was gone the next year, so he was not a part of that team. But we had, you know, bleeding up to that Reggie, Edge, Marvin, the snap. The defense was never, like, super stout. So just another nice little nugget Jim Irsay, the owner of the Colts, gave Edrin a Super Bowl ring just based on all of his contributions. I don't think any Colts fan disagrees with that. But it's a supporting cast. I think that is something just in the Manning legacy that was always super important. Peyton was always Peyton, and Peyton would always get his numbers and make everyone around him. But it wasn't until the defense got built and Bob Sanders was balling out and Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney and Gary Brackett. It wasn't until Antoine Bethea, it wasn't until this group of guys got together to help put Peyton over the hump. And in a game like football and even a game like basketball, we know this, it doesn't just take one guy. So with Giannis seventh season, second MVP. All right. Think about that. Peyton, it took nine, two MVPs to win Giannis seventh, Second MVP, supporting cast, I think is huge. I think you compare and contrast the Bucks scenario with a lot of other team scenarios. It's like he needs a little more help. But I think that is something that should be noted. And we need to lay off Giannis a little bit. He's a special player. I want to thank everyone for helping contribute and spreading your voice on the do better movement of grading. So many DMs and messages about people and their experiences with grading companies. We really need to continue to vocalize what's happening there and things that are pissing us off because it, 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 takes, it takes a group of people to band together. And I recommend tag me in every post you have about a negative experience. I will share it all. I promise you. Do that on Twitter. Do that on uh, Instagram at Stacking Slabs. And I'll share those out. I would also recommend using hashtags do better PSA, do better BGS, and do better SGC. We just need to continue to beat the drum, and I'm happy to be the advocate and share those out. I think there's so many games within the game of being in the hobby, and I alluded to it up top, right? I've been through so many iterations. There's the ability to anticipate, right? Buying raw and um, 
than getting them graded to sell higher based on performance, right? That is like an ideal scenario. However, there is so much difficulty with that, with the delay and with the way grading companies are. There's the opportunity to invest deeply in prospects, right? I've done that with Sekou Demboye. I've talked about that a lot. Um, there is just ripping packs, right? Might be maybe not sustainable, but if it makes you happy, it makes you happy. Um, and there's just this like collector component that I'm evolving into, and that's just buying cards that I want to buy. Um, I don't get the same satisfaction when I'm getting like a Mike Evans card that's graded in the mail. Like Mike Evans is a cool fantasy player, but like I have absolutely no connection with Mike Adams. So what I've been finding with myself is the more I buy stuff I want, it makes for a better experience because it's a lot of money, one. And two, like I might not hang on to those cards forever, but like at least I enjoy the time I have with them. And then I, I typically will use them to level up on other cards. So I think like I was having a conversation with my brother on Friday night about this. And I think like I'm moving towards this arena of, buying slabbed cards exclusively for my PC with opportunity to sell in the future if I need the funds to go buy bigger and better cards, just operating in slabs. And I think, you know, from a transactional perspective, like there's platforms like Starstock, right? And it's like, why don't I have all these football cards that I'm waiting to sell on eBay and going through the just nightmare of eBay, whether it's returns, whether it's just putting the cards together, packaging them up, shipping them out. There's so much time and a process there. It's like, now I've come to the determination of like, I've got all these cards that are raw. I'm never going to get these graded. I don't want to deal with grading companies. Like I just don't want to do it. So the timing things component, why not send these cards into Starstock? Use a platform like that to transact at a higher volume. That's my mentality. So again, I think look at the games with inside the games and then try to figure out what's going to make you happy. I think we all need to zoom all the way out sometimes. Like I I talk about happiness a lot and I think you need to put like your six-year-old hat on. Like I was thinking about this and it's like, you know, when I was six years old and I was in the toy store, right? I was buying WWE or my mom was buying me WWE Hasbro figures, right? There were GI Joes there and they were popular. But like, you know, I wasn't about that. So like, to me, like, it, we should all be attracted to what makes us happy, right? Because you could look at some of those G.O. Joes nowadays, and if I would have kept them, maybe they're a little more expensive than a Series 1 or Series 2 Hasbro figure. But I didn't care about that, and I shouldn't care about that when I was little. And I don't care about that now, because I still have those Hasbros, and they make me happy. And it's not about the profit on those, because I'm never going to sell them. It's about like what those do for me emotionally. And I think like there's a problem in the hobby. And I think like everyone like, and it's, it's social media and it's just like content creators who don't know what they're talking about. It's just a combo of this where like people get this information and everyone wants to like compare their activity with what other people are doing. And it's this comparison thing that I think needs to go a little bit and it probably never will go. But for you, the listener, like, I've done it. Like, don't compare yourself to others. Don't buy what other people are buying. Buy what you want. Buy what what's going to make you happy. And I think blocking out all that other stuff, like, is really, really important. Like, I talk a lot about capitalizing on market and performance. Um, 
but like, and that's fun. Like that's a fun part for me because it's like, I feel like it's like DFS fantasy football in a way. But I will also say like, if you're trying that out and it doesn't make, make you happy, like refocus, like I want that to be part of my plan. I don't want that to be my whole plan because it's not fun. You're just in this endless cycle. So I think we should all just take a step back, try to figure out what makes us happy and go run and do as much of it as you can possibly do. One of the things that I observed this week in the data, and I dropped a video on this. And again, like go check me out on Instagram at Stacking Slabs. I am dropping a lot of videos on IGTV. You know, they're anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes. And it's just thoughts that I'm observing based on football cards, uh, most importantly, because like it's all everything's happening in real time. And I just need to react, right? It's like, I it can't be a part of my like podcast episode to react to players and performance. And I'll tell you like too, like if you're listening to this, I will have released a before Sunday, like um, roundup of like each matchup and players I like and cards I like in each of those matchups. And that's just based on my homework and research. But I feel like releasing that on Instagram before Sunday is important. I feel like doing a reaction video after is important, but like, it's really hard. And I don't want that to necessarily be a part of this show and those picks and guys I like, it's just that I want to share information. So with this, this is more like a high level bird's eye view of what I saw um, based on last Sunday. And I think a couple observations, like, so football is not the same as hoops. It is very immature that it is very like stuff is still trying to figure itself out. I think the market is trying to figure itself out. I think there's definitely some DFS vibes. There's definitely, it's definitely reactive. It is a roller coaster and you can look at the graphs and see the roller coaster. So the, my observation from week one, and I know week two will be behind us as you'll be listening to this, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if the trends remain the same and the trends of there being a buildup period, a dip and, and people selling, trying to find a peak and then a dip, and then it going back up. And that's what I mean by roller coaster. So like just some observations on guys I've talked about on the podcast a lot um, and what their cards did and just want to share that information because I think it's important. I don't think like there's, um, I do have some thoughts, but just want to run through these. So a player like DK Metcalf, PSA 10 Prism, you look at his game against Atlanta last week, Solid game, four catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown. For On Friday, before that game, 9-11, his PSA 10, which this is insane just to look at. And I'll tell you this right now. like I can look at these numbers and tell you like hype of these cards are already built in. Like There is only so far up a PSA 10-based prism of a guy like DK Metcalf can go, so just know that, all right? So 9-11, 275. The game happened on 9-13. The card sold for $2.25. So it was a $50 dip. Then the card went back up to $2.50 the day after. So that's interesting. Really high. Day of the game. Sold. Dipped. Then went up a little bit. I don't know what it was doing today. Hollywood Brown. Five receptions, 101 yards. On 9-9... The card sold, so this would be Wednesday before the game, 250 on Friday before the game, 208, game day, 180. So that card just like 
it, it, went, it just went down, even with a solid performance. Hopkins, his prism PSA 10, 14 receptions, 151 yards. God, I'm glad Kyler has him to throw to. On 9-9, 5-95. On 9-13, 5-10. So big game, card drop. His chrome, 9-1. So early, a lot earlier, 275. Saturday before the game, 250. Tuesday after the game, 270. Went up. So that's interesting. Now let's look at some quarterbacks. Lamar, some tiny growth on his PSA 10 prism. So he was at $2,850 on game day. Then on the 15th, $2,650. So went down a little bit. Kyler went up. $859 on the game day. On 917, 950. Mahomes, 99, 7100, 916, 6999. So, a couple things. I think it's a roller coaster ride. I think some of the hype of these guys are already built in. I think. It is really going to be difficult until we get some more data to figure out how we should be buying and selling football cards. I don't know, guys. I'm I'm spending so much time on this, and it's 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 really difficult because based on players' maturity, performance, there's no after one week, there's not enough data for me to uh, make some big cast, big wide opinions on this. I think we really just need to let it play out so we can get more data. I think we we shouldn't stop prospecting because I do think there are opportunities still to buy guys low. I like I talk about like Miles Boykin from last year, like or last week. Like those are opportunities are endless. Keep keep doing that. The other thing I noticed, and it wasn't really a part of these updates, but my my cards, I dropped an Instagram video on this. The cards that I sold last week, a lot of them peaks happen during the game. So that's that's something I'm interested in doing is trying to line up some sales during the game this week. So more to come on that. I'll keep covering football. You know I will. And I just want to also just, I, I just got to do that because it's it, it's something that we're all learning from. And it's something that we just need to keep, uh, keep going and keep uh, communication on about this. So the other update I will have as I record this, I just had a sale and I decided, and this is not because I don't believe in this guy. I led with the top about how I do believe in him, but I have also talked about my no base cards movement, offloading all my base cards to try to get some money so I can buy some patents and some cool cards. Okay. So I just sold, I put a 24 hour auction up on my Giannis PSA 10 hoops rookie. I decided once the MVP was announced, I was going to put it up and see what happens. So that card just sold for $861. I'm happy with it. You know why I'm happy with it? Because I bought the card for $350, and I'm never going to be down on profit. Yes, I could have if I would have sold it at the beginning of the bubble. I could have gotten more money from it. But you know what? I'm going to move on, and I'm happy. I'm happy that. You can never not be happy for a little bit of profit. So I can't wait. I'm going to take that money and then I'm going to build a strategy, right? Where do I want to put it? What kind of cards do I want to get? So always be thinking about that. No base card movement for me. How are you thinking about it? I had one of the best conversations I've had in the hobby. And I know I talk about that a lot, but they just keep getting better. And I'm having so much fun talking to these OG collectors and you're not 
going to want to miss the Friday Hobby Hustle episode this week. It is with my man, Adam, who's the real 27 guy on Instagram. He is also the host of the Basketball Card Podcast, the first basketball card podcast known to mankind. He just put out the Basketball Card Fanatic, which is my favorite piece of content that I have consumed since being back in the hobby. And the reason why I love it is because it educates me and I learned so much from consuming that content. He has curated some of the best collectors on Instagram to share stories about just different points. So there's a story about buying Luca cards. There's a story about buying LeBron 2012 silvers. There's a story about Galactics, PMG article, the LeBron, Kobe, and Michael Jordan uh, uh, market. 1948 Bowman, shout out Anthony Cards with Coach. I was messaging with him about that. It is just an awesome article that really helps bring together new people in the hobby to educate, but then also activates and gives a voice to the true collector. I can't put it over enough, everyone. Here's a couple things I recommend. Go reach out to Adam on Instagram, at the real 27 guy Tell him you want a copy of the first edition. That is free for everyone. He's going to let you get a little taste. If you're a listener of Stacking Slabs, go tell him I sent you. Get that copy. The other thing I'll tell you is go buy a subscription. I read the darn thing twice. Then a few days later, I just messaged Adam and I said, dude, I'm a believer in this. I'm signing up for the year. I PayPal them a hundred bucks for the year and I cannot wait for that to come. It was so much fun and so entertaining for me to sit and read that. It was literally like, I can't put it over enough. So what we do this week is we sit down, talk about his hobby collecting and career, the catalyst for creating the basketball card fanatic, the curation and what he did. And I got to tell you, like, it was such a fun conversation. It, I, it was, uh, he's in Utah we did it late night, um, and I could have stayed up all night talking with him. So can't put it over enough. Tune into the hobby hustle this week. I think the most thoughtful people in the hobby, to me, are the goats, the OGs that are open-minded collectors that are open-minded to the new market, like people like Adam. Like I'm having so much fun talking with these people. There's nothing they like. The mentality from Adam is like there's nothing wrong with profit, but there's all of these other cool components and not don't lose sight of that. So I am finding myself to be attracted to this mindset. Um, and I'm on a mission to bring the new and the old world of collectors together, like new people that are jumping back in who are listening to stacking slabs, people with so much knowledge and information that are collectors like Adam, like my mission is to bring these two groups together because I think we'll all be better off for those connection points. I got a shout out some of the best content outside of the Basketball Card Fanatic that happened on my Instagram feed this week. So shout out Lefko for his PSA submission video. He was drinking rosé one of the days after work this week. I hopped on Instagram and he was uh, going through his submission order. So much fun. Lefko is just a great addition to the hobby. He is just so much energy. He's trying to figure it out just like all of us and stuff like that. If you see him do a live video on his Lefko Cards account, go watch it because it's fun. I want to thank him for engaging with me, shouting me out. He definitely gave me some words of encouragement 
with what I'm doing on Stacking Slabs. So I appreciate that, Lefko, and I will keep watching your stuff. Go check out. I mean, he's a he's a content machine too. Like I'm talking about like betting. I'm talking about DFS, fantasy, sports cards. Lefko is doing it too. Like, but Lefko has you know the Lefko platform, so he's got all these awesome people. Go listen to all of his podcasts. Like they are so great. Like really, I can't put it over enough. Um, shout out Adam Lefko. Glad you're in the hobby and got a shout out Lameem James. He graced us this week and took a step back from meme life and showed us his PC. And I got to tell you, I've never seen a Trey Young PC like that. <laughs> no one has. That was so much fun. So thank you, Lameem. We're getting Lameem on here. I'm going to record an episode with him. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to get Lameem on the hobby hustle. It's going to be ton of fun. I got to shout out my man, my my two guys, uh, Cage and uh, Andrew uh, with the Luca Tiger LeBron show. I recorded an episode with those guys this week and talk about a fun conversation. It was laid back, chilled. We talk about wrestling, sports cards. We talk about football. And I just had a great time. Um, and I literally, like, I listened back to it and I just had a ton of fun. So go check out their podcast, Luca Tiger LeBron. Like, I'm a, I'm, they're, they're releasing at a high volume. They're covering a lot of ground that I'm covering. They're just really great guys. And the more, like, the more people like Cage and, uh, uh, Andrew to come out and release stuff, the better off we'll be because their intentions are are good and I really like and believe what they're doing. Shout out AEW Parking Lot Brawl, baby. If you are going to watch one piece of wrestling content, and I got to say this, man, this is tough. So the G1 in New Japan Pro Wrestling is like my favorite time of the year. And if you don't know what the G1 is, they have an A block and a B block. And basically, every there's a point system, and everyone wrestles each other. And then after people move from the blocks, and there's a tournament, then there's eventual champion who then goes on to challenge the IWGP heavyweight champion. It's just it's the best wrestling there is. So that's kicking off this weekend. I'm gonna be watching that like a madman. Like just like it's gonna remind me kind of like when. The, the bubble was going on first and I was watching everything. I'm just going to like, throw, it's going to be on Japanese wrestling is going to be on my TV 24 seven. My wife's going to love me. So that's happening, but I gotta, I gotta give some just, just glowing remarks. AEW. So there was an awesome parking lot brawl between uh, Santana and Ortiz versus best friends, Trent and Chucky e. T. And it was just legendary. It was so much fun. I just like it like I've never seen a parking lot brawl like that. It was so entertaining. Um Orange Cassidy showed up, Trent's mom showed up, there was blood, there was windshields broken. It was just like I can't put it over enough. So if you're going to watch one thing wrestling related this week, watch that that. It's one of the best things in wrestling this year. And I'll put the stacking slab stamp of approval on that. I also got to just shout out Kevin Love. And I want to shout out Kevin Love because more athletes need to do this. He's giving a platform uh, to mental health, and he's giving a platform to talk about just struggles he had using his platform, um, and I love that. I think that is something that a lot of people in everywhere deal with, and pe- having people with like Kevin Love talk about his struggles, like that is just what, what I'm all about. So really, Kevin Love is an awesome, awesome NBA player, but just as a guy and bringing awareness to an issue that's near and dear to my heart, 
I I really appreciate Kevin Love. So if you're again like this is a public service announcement for me because so many people are and so many people aren't doing anything. Like if you are struggling right now, this is a tough time. Like go find somebody and talk to them. It's incredible how much a conversation can can be just by picking up the phone, shooting a text, getting on the phone with someone you love. Make sure you're doing that. Don't keep it inside. Make sure you go reaching out to people. Shout out Kevin Love. I think there's like one thing that people don't talk about this enough. And this is just something I want to address because I think it's super important. I think like you gotta like when you're making these picks and investments on guys and like futures and this and that, you you can't just look at the player, but you also got to look at the supporting cast. I think the supporting cast is such a critical element to sports and sports cards and investing moving forward. I go back and to Kyler Murray and I don't, I probably would not have gone all in on Kyler Murray if the, I didn't believe in Cliff Kingsbury and his adjustments that he made mid season to adapt to Kyler's game. That was one. Obviously they got, they added and they got better. Their team did. That was two. And then, the biggest thing is right. They bring in a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. So that like support and dedication is so critical. Like without some of those moves, it would be hard to sit up here and say that, you know, Kyler Murray would would have gone into San Francisco and win that game. I think you like look at like the team, like the Ravens, like any of the guys, like I, I made it on uh, the uh, Luca Tiger and LeBron show. I made a statement saying if like, you're trying to get into football right now, like probably the safest investment outside of like legends is like go vet invest in Ravens guys. Like that team is like really, really good. They're going to score a ton of points. You got Dobbins, who's a rookie, who's going to be hanging out on the goal line. Obviously you got Lamar Jackson, who's incredible. Hollywood Brown, who I've been talking about. You got Andrews even, who's probably arguably potentially the best tight end in football. One of them at least. And you've got guys like Miles Boykin who are going to score because other people are guarded. Like, so that Ravens team's really, really good. And I think like you should be buying guys on good teams that are supported well. You look at like Luca, right? Like Luca is able to be Luca because he's incredible, but like having a guy like Chris Stapps Porzingis awfully that helps him out a lot. So you gotta have the supporting cast. Like on the flip side, like look what happened to Ja when like Triple J went down. Like his his game went down a little bit and he was having to try to do more. So I just think like when we're when we're buying into guys like really think about the front office think about the futures think about the builds supporting cast like i think that's really important like just focus in on that because it matters i think like just like i wanted to share and close out with just like some top 5 moments that are making me happy right now as i as i reflect on just this crazy time and being back in and just these are the things that like really mean a lot to me but I think like the first thing and just like in terms of being back in the hobby, things that make me happy is starting this podcast. It has been a incredible journey, an incredible ride. It feels like there's a movement that's uh, starting a movement around not sticking to status quo, a, a movement about being happy, a movement about doing the work, a movement around connecting investors and OG collectors. Like there's so much to that and like the engagement you all are giving me and helping me build and elevate the Stacking Slabs brand. It's taken me to some awesome places already. And I can't wait to see where it takes me next. 
So you all are all a part of that journey, but that's one. I think two, it's like getting in and just like buying and rebuying Peyton. I think like attaching yourself to a legend that means a lot to you. Like I'm having so much fun doing that. And that's opening up rabbit holes of happiness for me of going back and watching old tape and just so much fun. So like that, pick a guy that means a lot to you. I think picking my prospects. So like Seku and Kyler, like that's super fun. Gambling on those guys, attaching yourself because you've done the work. That is super fun. I think sports coming back has been a highlight of the hobby and trying to figure out how sports being back, um, how that impacts uh, sports cards. And I think, you know, one of the things in the crossover that I saw is people talking about like the um, perspective market with sports being back definitely declines. Like, right. There's not all this hype and anticipation because guys are actually playing. And I think that's super important. So I think like sports coming back, attaching yourself to guys that you've been buying up and watching them play is fun. And then I think finally, it's just like, the evolution I've had moving from, um, you know, investor type to more of a collector mentality, running my own portfolio, running my portfolio like it's a, my business. I think that like that turn and the evolution and the idea that we're always going to be learning is such a critical component. And if you don't feel like you're learning, then something's going wrong. You got to put your hat learning cap on and just go every day and try to get better. So those are like some five things that just as I've reentered things I've been thinking about. I, what are yours? How, what are you thinking about? Like, I'd love to know. Share those with me. Like, definitely reach out across all social channels and just hit me up. Tell me what you're feeling. Like, I think there's so many distractions and so many things that can cause conflict in the hobby. Like, sometimes we don't take a step back and focus in on the things that are making us happy. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button. Follow me across all social channels. Write a review. I'd love that. If you think I'm doing a good job, um, I'd ask you. Like, I'm putting in a lot of time and energy on these. Like, I'd love to hear from you. Slide in my DMs. Hit follow. You know the drill. If I can ever be of help to you, like, reach out. Let's connect. Happy collecting. Happy investing. Take it easy, and we'll talk to you real soon.